Business Hour with Ole Bocheng on OFM, the sound of your life. Welcome back to the RFM Business Hour with me, Ole Bocheng Morte. Now moving away from the business of photography to that of events. I'm now chatting to Lady Brand Native and to the founder of Gig Culture. It's Leslie Jennings. And this evening we're diving into her Jazz on the Lawn event, which is now defunct. We just want to glean what are some of the lessons that she received about running an eventing company from that particular experience. Hi, Leslie. Thank you so much for joining me on the Business Hour. What initially inspired the idea of Jazz on the Lawn? I know you're a musician as well. So um, I have to start this story way back in 2014. <laughs> so when I graduated from studying music, I realized, you know, with the decline of theater productions, that there weren't many performance opportunities for musicians, um, especially in the free state. You know, the music industry is so saturated across the country that touring and performing outside of this province isn't necessarily realistic. And I just, you know, I've really got an affinity for the free state because it's such a beautiful space with beautiful people that, you know, to eject talents the way that we do seems unreasonable. So I thought it would be more valuable to create performance opportunities. So after three years of teaching, um, I realized that that's really not what I wanted to do with my qualification. I started to engage venues, um, corporate events, you know, just offering them a proposition for live entertainment as part of special events. And this is really how I got into event production. So in 2014, I toured um, America and I went to quite a couple of states and a lot of music events and music venues. And I said, you know what, I, I need to bring this back home um, to experience music like this. We don't have these kind of experiences um, in the free state. And it's just something that our audience needs to experience to bring live entertainment in a very casual and unintimidating way outside of theater, outside of auditorium to people to enjoy. Um, and obviously because I'm a saxophonist and jazz is my favorite genre, um, I started producing small concerts um, across the city from the casino venues to Coco Cine to Pacos. Um, and it started with an event series called um, Jazz Evening that I co produced with Andrea. Sadly, what led to the cancellation of the event? So, unfortunately, in 2020, we had two jazz on the lawn. We did the one in January and February. And then with the onset of COVID and the restrictions, we unfortunately underwent a fourth measure um, because of the lockdown. And unfortunately, you know, the reintroduction of lifestyle events, public gatherings, if I can put it that way, has just been really, really difficult to, to reignite. So many businesses, especially stakeholders and sponsors, are still trying to recover. There's a very, very big hunger for it, but we're just not seeing the, you know, the financial disposable income that we used to have pre-COVID. It's recovering slowly, though. Unfortunately, at this stage, we did try. We had two jobs on the phone during lockdown, but that's only based on our audience feedback, and I still continuously engage with stakeholders and with audiences. You know, we're, we're not going to see the comeback of lifestyle events like that at least till the end of this year. 
What would you say were some of the challenges that you had encountered while organizing Jazz on the Lawn? What were the challenges you experienced post-hard lockdown of COVID-19? During producing Jazz on the Lawn, I think the most challenging thing at the beginning was imposter syndrome. (laughs) Because I had this idea, you know, to bring Jazz to a big audience. And, you know, it's it's scary because it's a genre that people don't take very well. You know, they think it's boring or they think it's too complicated. And I think the the thing that I really struggled with was self-doubt. And it was the the, the sound company that I worked with where they said to me, you've got a dream and you've just got to believe that people will buy into it. And as the months went from the very first one, you know, we saw in excess of 300 people attending. And it's unheard of for a first-time event to to be that successful. And it just grew and grew. From a technical perspective, we didn't have any difficulties. I mean, it was pretty easy. As the the event uh, got traction and national status, you know, we were seeing on-site magazines of what to do in system came. We really attracted people that wanted to be on that stage. So I'm not going to lie to you. I really didn't have any, any challenges producing jazz on the lawn back then, except for are people going to like this and is it going to grow? And that was reassured, you know, every Facebook post, every tweet, every message that I, I got. Yeah, so that was really reinforced. And then post-pandemic, just establishing ourselves in the market again and taking the decision, do we come back as jazz on the lawn or do we come back as something else? Because the, the market has really changed the dynamic of entertainment and what people are doing at the moment. And we're seeing the production of a lot of parties. And unfortunately, in the past couple of months, I've seen a lot of cancellation of very big name events. And, you know, headlining acts and massive festivals and events have been cancelled due to low ticket sales. Just to restructure and define, okay, in future, this is how sustainable eventing is going to look. We just don't have sufficient data. I think just because everybody is so hurt in the pocket that we just need to give time to let the industry and the economy settle and heal and just for people to bounce back and see the value and spending money on events like that again. The Business Hour with Oli Bocheng on OFM, the sound of your life.